Let's talk about what, what baptism, born again, and resurrection is. Boom. And rah. <laughs> well, that one different. That rah didn't come out too good, though. <laughs> 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 but I work on that. This is Reboot the Biblical Perspective coming to you all, all live again from the Twin Island Republic of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Yeah, the podcast, the one and most unique podcast where we approach the New Testament identifying the misguided westernized perspectives given context to the New Testament via the lens of the scriptures in itself with informed commentary on the perspective of the authors of the text verified again by our pragmatic and experimental research under the Zane Keiki International Institute of Pneumatology. I am your host Zane Ilfuigo, the Christ Pneumatologist and accompanying me of course is is the lovely Katura Bartholomew. I am Ah, the Linus. It's supposed to be the Linus. <laughs> all right, all right. In our previous episode, we elaborated just a bit on what it means to practice truth, what it is for the person who practices integrity, or how does the person, rather, that has purpose to walk in integrity, walk, and how does the person of integrity come to light? We also brought context to the works of the person of integrity. And we showed how integrity is the likeness of God. In Mm. this episode, we are going to continue in the book of John with the context of what is baptism or the original context of baptism. This is something we have heard so many versions of baptism and what are the proposed contexts of it. Today, we are going to look at it objectively. As per usual, I'll be reading from the Amplified Version. So let's go. Verse 22 to 23. I read. After these things, Jesus and his disciples went into the land of Judea, and there he spent time with them and baptized. Now John was also baptizing at Anion near Salim, because there was an abundance of water there. And people were coming and were being baptized. First first question I have out here for you. What is baptism and its meaning? Hmm. Sure our listeners right, so, are eager to hear this one. Yeah, so what what has been promulgated in the Westernized Christianity regarding baptism? I need to actually state outrightly is not what the Bible's perspective of baptism is. I want to say that again, is not what the Bible's perspective of baptism is. Right? The Westernized perspective is a very is, is a is a perspective that has been very much promulgated, but is also a perspective that is very subjective to the Westernized lens as to what this baptism is and what the baptism could mean. Now we do know that John when this is um, John is writing this here, and in John writing this, 
in John writing this, he actually is speaking from the context of the Jews. Yeah. Right? What they what they grew up in, and we know that they memorize the law. That's that's their culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Now many Christians think that baptism originated with John. And we start with that. But it did not. Right? When I say it originated with John, not John who's writing the gospel, but the person who is known as John the Baptist. Because of the term John the Baptist, they believe that John the Baptist may have and some denominations and denominations actually lean in this direction where they actually believe that John, because John, he, he was termed John the Baptist, that he was the one that actually came up with this guided by God to baptize people. Interesting. This is not in any way close to the truth. Baptism actually is a biblical ritual. It's just not known by the term baptism in the Old Covenant or in the Old Testament through the scriptures. But it's a biblical ritual that has been practiced regularly by Israel since Moses. Since Moses, a, you say? Since <laughs> Moses. That's a way, that's a long time back. That's a long time back. As a matter of fact, if you look at 1 Corinthians 10, if I'm not mistaken, it says that the train of Israel was baptized unto Moses. Oh, yes, 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 okay. So baptism existed since Moses. Right? Now, the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, as we know, which actually primarily has two meanings. The westernized Christian gospel or Christianity, they usually focus on one, which is actually another oversight that is very much robbing the westernized believers in Christ of what baptism really is. So, the first meaning that it actually comes with in the in the um, in, in the Bible is number one, immersion into water. All right, where you actually submerge into water and, and you actually arise changed. Not changed physically, but changed spiritually, which means changed mentally. Where you actually come up with a repent when I with a repentant heart, meaning that you turn away from your past and you're walking a, a new path now. Okay. The second, the second, the second meaning of the word "baptize" also means to change your name. To change it means your to, name. To change your name. In the context of the in the of, of the baptism under Moses, when you actually were baptized, you were baptized into the Torah, into the covenant of the Torah, and you actually took on the name of Yahweh as your own. While the while the Torah was pretty much functioning as a manual as to walk out that name. How to work out that person. The manual was the expression of the perspective of the tree of life or the principle of or the precepts of Yahweh who is the self-existent and the eternal. And so the, the Torah actually functioned with, as a manual for them to work out that name because they, when they were baptized they rose actually being born again as a baby. That is actually the cultural explanation of baptism for them right it is written in the bible in bibles to take the place of the hebrew word tevila which means to totally immerse right now the the ritual immersion in in water is carried out in what is known as a mikvah all right a mikvah is the hebrew word meaning gathering of waters which is why you see in john chapter 3 it says in chapter 3 verse 23 it says 
and people were coming and and were being baptized but where they were coming and being baptized in verse 23 it says now john was also baptizing and in anon near selim because there was an abundance of water there does that make sense so far so far yes all right so the abundance of water in the hebrews actually was referred to as a mikvah it's still called a mikvah today in the hebrew in the um in the jewish traditions now the observant jew the mikvah pay attention to this the mikvah or the abundance of waters personified both the womb and the grave the womb and the grave the womb and the grave which means consequently once you were dipped into that if you were a jew it meant rebirth you went into the womb and you came back out new now come back into the world that's rather interesting (laughs) so when actually jesus is speaking about being born again that's what he means is that you're being back to, to be baptized and born again that's the, that is the that's the context of what jesus is saying he's speaking to jews this by the way has nothing to do with non-jews okay because they were actually the ones who were first baptized right right they were they were baptized already okay. so when jesus tells them to be born again it actually means to be baptized again and it rise out of the mikvah or out of the abundance of waters which represented the womb and rising out of that a new person with a new name and a, and a, and a new how, how do i put that let's let's just leave it as a as actually a new person okay all right like you a actually new identity. right and in this case you're baptizing the torah which means that when you arise you take on yahweh as your pus, as as your as your name and the torah is actually what you use to learn how to live how yes, to live first. out how to live out the personality of yahweh that's really the first baptism right that's the baptism but when jesus is preaching it he was pretty much saying to be baptized and, and be born again to repent because they they, they went astray mm-hmm. And so he was actually preaching repentance to come back into the name of Yahweh. Okay, all right. Yeah, that making sense so far, right? I'm taking it very yeah. slowly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. All right, so it is regarded as a pure, unadulterated avenue of connection with God. It's a place where hope is reawakened and strengthened. So when proselytes when I say proselytes, non-Jews would come in and they wanted to become to, to come into that. They would actually be circumcised the men, but both men and women were actually baptized and they and they rose from that water as a as a new as a newborn, as a newborn person. And the Torah was actually what they're going to be using to learn how to live life and how to see life through the Torah. Okay. Is that, does that make sense so far? Yeah, it's all adding up. Like the whole importance of all these things and the baptism as well. Right. Now, the the table or the baptism, which is full body motion, marks a change of status from being ritually unclean. Mm-hmm. And the ritually unclean means that you're impure or you're unfit for the presence of Elohim to, to being ritually clean. 
So when you when when you actually hit that water, you actually w- wash away the ritual uncleanliness, and you become ritually clean. All right, this was actually necessary because anytime a person is to come into the presence of God, they actually have to be pure. So so dipping into the water was pretty much washing away everything of that old person, the old mindset, everything, and you arise, and you are now the wood in flesh. That's the perspective of baptism. Now that has lost its 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 meaning in the Westernized Christianity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, right. This is something uh, I'm very curious to hear about. I think I've been baptized like two or three times before. <laughs> I was like, yeah. we said we talk about baptism. Yeah, it's something that piques my attention. Okay, okay, okay. Now, so scripture instru- instructs that anyone who becomes ritually unclean through contact with the dead or diseased person needs to be immersed in water before re-entering the temple. Again, that takes you back right back to Torah which is mm-hmm. around Moses, yeah? So the mikvah was also, this abundance of water, this place of water, was also to take place after a leper had been declared healed by the priest. Now, this is actually just some of the ways that it was used. Yahweh even said to Moses, or the Lord said to Moses, in Leviticus chapter 14, which is 1 to 4, it says, these are the regulations for, for the diseased person at the time of a ceremonial cleansing. He must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water and he will be clean. What the, the washing that they're talking about there is what is being referred to by John as and, and, in, and in, the, in the Gospel of John as well as in the Gospels as a baptism before it was referred to as Tevila. Oh, okay. Right? Even so women. So he submerges himself into the water and comes up now. Now clean, clean and then ritually clean to be able right. to exactly. So he what? So when he goes down into the water, he goes into the womb and he re-enters the world anew. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. As well, a woman who actually completes her, her menstrual cycle, according to Leviticus 15, mm-hmm. needs to be immersed before re- 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 before resuming sexual relations with her husband. Okay. Right? These are just one or two of the ways that I'm pointing out here that this was actually being used. But what I'm pointing out here in this segment is that baptism has been misconstrued by the westernized Christianity. But this is actually what it really means. And John was not the inventor of it. He was actually using it to preach repentance, to come back to Torah. Okay. Does that make sense? That, it now makes sense. <laughs> it's a subject I definitely did not know before I mean baptism in the western world now as we know it is just you know you go down and you say yes in Jesus name I'm clean and you know that's it had no clue that it had such significance and that was the context of their baptizing exactly to them to them being baptized actually meant when you rise on that water you are now the scriptures walking in a body which means mm-hmm. the scriptures and the Torah, the um, yeah, the Torah became your life. You see life through that. All right, that has been lost in the Western world. Definitely, it has been lost tremendously. So, more on being born again after this break.
This is Reboot Your Biblical Perspective podcast, where we approach the New Testament via the lens of the ancient Hebrew perspective of the scriptures, verified by our pragmatic and experimental research on the Zenke Ketura International Institute of Pneumatology. You can also find content by Zane and Ketura on YouTube, ZKI, International Institute of Pneumatology. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell. Or... Follow and subscribe at www.internationalinstituteofpneumatology.com. You can also find their books on Amazon.com. Search for author R.C. Pierre and check out The Alchemy of the Sons of God and You Are Elohim, among others. More on being born again and resurrection. Let's go. Hey, so Secretary, what were your thoughts on, on, on baptism so far? So far, I mean, that's so huge. The whole context of, I mean, what really blew me away is when you identify that um, it, it personified both the womb and the grave. Definitely yeah. had so much meaning that um, that's so huge. That is so huge. And, you know, it brings into context the significance of it, why it's so weighty in the Jewish culture, of course. Yeah, yeah. And the two, you know, the, the, the part where you also identify that baptism has two definitions, well, that the biblical authors understood says a lot mm-hmm. concerning. Um, you know, the whole being reborn again and the, I mean, everything, everything that you shared is mind-blowing. Don't even know where to start. <laughs> nice. So let's continue with that, right? Let's continue to blow the mind out of it. This is actually not taught again because it's not taught. People actually do it and they don't, and they don't even realize what it's actually used for and what it symbolizes and what, what are the responsibilities that come with it. Very important. Mm-hmm. So a little more on that is a man a man who wants to become Jewish actually according to the Jewish law must undergo these the, the two requirements of physical circumcision uh-huh. which is ceremonial circumcision and immersion into water. Right. Right. Women were not circumcised, but they to come into that, they definitely had to go through the immersion into water too. Alright? Mm-hmm. Now, when Gentile converts go down into the waters, when they actually are baptized, or which is actually now being referred to as baptism, but and before it's just the tevela, the motion into water, what it actually symbolizes is them leaving behind their pagan ways. What they literally have done is symbolically died to their old life, and they come out of the water as a newborn child with a Totally new identity. Okay. It's, as though, it's as though they are reborn. You see, this is the context of actually resurrection in Christ. You don't try to fix the old person. You, you change the, the you old. change the identity and you die to that old person, and you learn to live life again through God's perspective. You're not trying Which to is- fix the person that come with all this baggage. That person dies, and you're not going to see life through Christ's perspective or 
through life through the tree of life it's death yeah yeah the the talmud actually which is what we call the oral the oral torah the talmud mm-hmm. yet um yevamot 47b actually states that when he the person comes up after his emotion he is deemed as he is deemed an israelite in all respects that's for the person who wants to become Jew, right? Yeah, he's deemed an okay. Israelite in all respects, which means he is no longer identified from where he comes from. He's lost that identity completely. Your where you came from, what your name was there, your 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 life there, all of that vanished, and you're now living, learning to live life through the Torah as an Israelite. That's kind of like when you become a citizen of another land and you give up your ah, now <laughs> you're your citizenship. It. Yeah. So you're now you... learning to live life through their laws. Yeah. So you abandon. Exactly. It's a total abandonment of what you identified yourself with before and coming into what you now identify with. That is basically what it is. That's basically what it is. Right? There's another part in the oral in the oral Torah, which is the Talmud, that says one who has become a proselyte is like a child newly born. So what I'm actually trying to highlight here is being born again was not invented by John and Jesus. It's actually Jewish according to that according to the Torah. But most Western well, most Westerners don't really don't understand the culture or the the Torah in itself, they didn't memorize Torah, they didn't study Torah. Mm-hmm. They just read the Bible through their westernized lens. And so they attribute their own meaning to it. But this is actually what it is referring to. Right? Being born again. Usually what we are accustomed with is born again in our culture now is like you emerge with a new mind. Like this is what I understood. A new mind, Um, sorry, a new, what was it again? It's like you 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 baptize into Christ, but now you have to fix your old ways, which kind of like contradicts itself if that's what you're doing. Right, exactly. It's, it's really exactly. not that baptism. <laughs> exactly. It's taking a bath, I suppose. Yeah, you're just dipping in the water and come back out and living life normal, and you're just you're just living life as normal as as as, as you were, mm-hmm. and you're pretty much living the old identity and trying to serve Jesus through the old identity. Which is wow. not what it is about. It's actually you going into that water and you arise Yeshua. <laughs> yeah. And you learn to live life through Yeshua's lens. Right? Which is actually living, learning to live life through the tree of life. Through the self-existence perspective. Right? So now, here's something also that understanding this brings into context which most people do not understand in the westernized Christian denominational circles because of their lack of understanding of what this really is. This is, the, this is actually John's conversation with Nicodemus, sorry, Jesus' conversation that John spoke about with Nicodemus. Understanding that term born again actually referred to conversion to Judaism, which is conversion to Torah, becoming Israelite, a Jew. That actually would bring bring context to what Jesus and Nicodemus are speaking about because Nicodemus actually asked him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? 
Remember, we read that we read that in in in, in verse four of of this chapter, right? Yes. From Nicodemus's Jewish Jewish perspective, what he was really asking is, how can I convert to Judaism if I'm already a Jew? Okay, I now catch where this brother was going. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus is actually answering him and responding to him by saying, "You being a Jew." You do not get into the kingdom by being a Jew. He says a man was born of water and spirit. What he was explaining is that conversion of our spiritual condition is where salvation comes from. And it's, and it's not like the Pharisees who explain what we are the we are Abraham's we are Abraham's children. Mm-hmm. And they believe that they get into the kingdom because of their descendants, their physical descendants. The, the physical lineage from Abraham. What Jesus was actually saying is that being a Jew or being a, a child of, of Abraham, a descendant of Abraham, does not get into the kingdom. He is saying that you have to be born again from water and the spirit, which is actually indicating a change of mindset. Water okay. is being bought. The water is actually in referring to the to the to the mikvah, which is the abundance of waters, and he says the spirit referring. To the to the mindset, what you are actually motivated by. So Jesus is actually speaking about his spiritual condition for salvation. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I'm seeing why it's so important to understand their culture because these guys could be talking, having a conversation, and it's because this whole mat's behind it, and <laughs> we stand up on the outside, kind of clueless, like what is he talking about? <laughs> Right, so immersing fully into the waters of the mikvah, as I said, is like re-entering the womb, the, mm-hmm. and the, that, that re-entering of the womb for the for, for in their perspective meant re-entering what what they call the place of mercy of God's creative power. Right, so emerging from the mikvah or the waters, as is mentioned in that verse, the abundance of waters is literally by like immersing into God's power. Which, by the way, is taken again from the Genesis narrative, where the the Holy Spirit was moving, or the Spirit of God is moving over the face of the waters. But really, what you see in the rest of the narrative is that the Holy Spirit and the waters became one. And so, when God spoke to the waters, the waters produced fish. You notice that in 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 the Genesis narrative. Yeah. He said, "Let the waters produce fish." That's because of the merging of the Spirit in the water. It says in it actually cup it actually makes a, a parallel in the Genesis narrative, Genesis chapter one, where God says, Let the waters produce. And it parallels it with God created. It was actually referring to the spirit of God in the waters. So from that, the Jews in particular would immerse you into water because they believe the water is where God's creative power is, which is what brought forth the fish. And 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 the, and the creatures of the sea in the Genesis narrative. So if so, they actually believe that once you merge or you submerge into that water, John and Jesus was using the same. Submerging into that water is actually a sim. It was symbolic of emerging into God's power, and rising with a totally different identity. Following. Now, for us as 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 non-Jews. 
this does not actually mean born, being born again for us. It actually represents the grave, which is what Paul is consistently teaching in his in his arm um, in his letters, where he says that you died with him, and were resurrected with him. So for us, it's more about our spiritual. Um, Resur- is actually spiritual death and rising the resurrection into Christ Yeshua. I want right. to say that again. Baptism for us who are non-Jews does not mean being born again. Being born again is for the Jew. Being born into the into the old covenant is actually being or repentance. Being born again in that context was being repent or coming back to coming back to the identity of Yahweh in the Torah under the law. For for non-Jews, for the uncircumcised. Baptism of water actually represents the, or that water represents the grave. So when you actually baptize as uncircumcised, you are not being born again. You actually died with Christ and resurrected Christ Yeshua. Okay. This is what this is what Paul was referring to in Second Corinthians five, where he says that those that you died and those who live live unto Christ. Meaning that when you rise, you take up the identity of Yeshua. You do not have a personal identity anymore. So what you're supposed to do when you raise again is learn how to live through the lens of the self-existence or through the tree of life. Exactly. You rise into Yeshua and you learn how to live through the lens of Yeshua. You are not trying to fix the old self. You're actually now learning to, learning to live resurrected. So a person underwater enters, in this case, a death-like state like a person descending into a grave. Uh-huh. That's why death does not apply to you anymore. Because the waters represents the grave in this case, and you rise into Yeshua, and Yeshua is risen. So Yeshua's spirit is now your spirit. Or, sorry, you're now living from Yeshua's spirit. Because if Paul said, if one died, all died. But once you... Once you, once you believe in that resurrection you rise into Yeshua's you rise and you're now functioning from Yeshua's spirit and so death does not have a hold on you anymore because death has no hold on Yeshua so would you say that you rise just like res, um, Christ resurrected yes and you are now resurrected it, it is as if you were crucified with him mm-hmm. and he resurrected means that you are resurrected so you are actually literally resurrected Christ Yeshua walking in flesh okay that is weighty that yeah. changes the whole context of baptism right so and- when he comes back out of the water he comes back to life as a new creation which means yeshua arose as 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 yahweh as elohim so when you hit that water in your baptism what is actually representing is death to adam and his mindset and everything that comes with that, the identity that comes with that, the life that comes with that, and you arise into Elohim. You arise into Yeshua, resurrected Yeshua, which is Elohim, glorified. Right, right. So when we are immersed into Yeshua, the Messiah, we also become what he is, which is what Second Corinthians 5.17 is speaking about, that anyone, if anyone is in the person of the Messiah, of Christ. He's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. new. Paul understood this death 
and rebirth imagery of the immersion and he actually compared it to the death and resurrection of Yeshua. So under the law, you were rebirthed. In the new covenant, you resurrected. That's a lovely way of putting it. Under the law, rebirth. Uh, we were not under the law, <laughs> but under the new covenant, rebirthed. You rebirthed. You actually. Creation. Sorry, you're not rebirthed. You are resurrected. Resurrected, sorry. You experience death and you resurrected, and you are now a resurrected person walking in flesh. Right, right. This is this is also what Paul is referring to in Romans six when he says, "Do you not do you know that all of us were immersed into into Christ Jesus? Were immersed into His death." See, see, this is this is this is scripture I was referring to. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism, immersed into His death, in order that just as Messiah was raised from the dead, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life in the person of Christ in the person of Christ of Christ Jesus this is beautiful what so, a, what so this a, this is this is literal resurrection what a, what a what symbolism is that I mean like what an awesome symbolism this baptism yes it is indeed yes it is indeed so what do you take away from this section, from this segment, Ketura? Um, well, quite a few. This one was really mind blowing. Really knocked me off my seat with this baptism talk. Puts into context, well, more context rather, the conversation that Nicodemus had with Yeshua. Also, understanding that it's now, you know, going down and re, re- resurrecting. Sorry, getting up into the water coming out of the water that's the word i'm looking for a new creation understanding that this is not something i have to fix but this is something this is where my life really starts in the awareness of me in the person of christ this is life-changing this takes the weight and responsibility that you know in the systems that i was exposed to there's a lot of works things that you have to change because you have to fix this and you have to fix that a lot of behavior modification too this here brings it into context that this is not about fixing or behavior modification this is about resurrecting a new person a new creation and just like the israelites learn to live through the lens of well they live through the lens of the torah um for us in particular not being under the law we live now just learn life through the lens of the self-existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is actually now everything that actually, everything that God has promised in Scripture, you actually live in the lens through everything that God has said. Everything that, yes. As, as the manual or as the, the characteristics of your spirit. All the blessings and, and, and all the things that were spoken. So you are now the word made flesh in Yeshua. I, I am the word made flesh. Yeah, you and are. You are. Re- and, and worse, and, and actually, not, not worse, but even better yet, is that you are resurrected. You died already 
in Christ and you are resurrected. Death has no hold on your body anymore because your body is now, is now actually filled with the resurrected energy of Christ Yeshua. Very important and something that we can elaborate on in upcoming episodes because what I just did here was actually slightly divulge just to make it clear that mm-hmm. baptism was not invented by John and Jesus. <laughs> and, and baptism means death and resurrection into Yeshua as your new name and your new identity, which means you are now the walking scriptures. We are now the walking scriptures. The walking word of God. That's my take home. We are now the walking word of God. All the promises of God, we are it. Walking in flesh. And glorified after having died. One of the things that I know that a lot of people actually struggle with is understanding that they are resurrected. And what being resurrected means. And what it actually demonstrates. And Paul spoke about it in Philippians too. Is that when you died, the person that died in Christ is the person that died with the limitations of sin which is powerlessness when you resurrected you resurrected free of sin and death and free of the limitations which means you are now all power as Elohim in the person of Christ Yeshua your breath is power your presence is power you are the breath of life in full glory and the only reason why you're not actually manifesting that it's because you don't even know what it is probably yeah not knowing what it is and not knowing that we were actually buried with him and resurrected yeah <laughs> into the person yeah. of christ so i think we can actually wrap it up on that one and in the upcoming episodes we, we can divulge a little more into that all right i see we also have a question from our precious switch our goal patron um, Tonya so Tonya we just letting you know that your question was actually going to be is actually going to be answered in, up, in an upcoming episode so stay tuned alright so this is, is your Rebootable Local Perspective podcasts the one and most unique podcast where we are putting New Testament identifying the misguided westernized perspectives as we did today giving of course context in the new testament via the lens of the scriptures again as we did today with informed commentary on the perspective of the authors of the texts i am your host zane el fuego the christ pneumatologist and of course accompanying me is the lovely Ketura with Ptolemy, the lioness yeah, to all our patrons and, and listeners we kindly ask that you please comment your takeaways from this episode how this episode has impacted your understanding of baptism, both under the law as well as in the New Covenant, in the context of resurrection. And leave your questions. We'll address them in the upcoming episodes. Boom. <laughs>